Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I am your host, Trevin Stolzvis, and today I'm in the office. Today we have a huge party that is all about me. <laughs> kind of excited about that. I'm joined here by my younger brother, Ryan, up from uh, El Paso, Texas. El Paso City. I don't think that's the song. I'm pretty sure it's something like that. <laughs> and Tanner sitting across from me. And we thought, you know what? It's been a while since we throw, threw up a podcast. So I thought, let's jump on and let's talk. Yeah, that was kind of a one-sided deal, just so everybody knows. Well, you know what? This is an important time because people are always asking what we're doing this time of year. We're not hunting, for sure. We're getting ready for turkey hunting, but we have been hammering out some video editing projects, Mm -hmm. and we just finalized the one. The one. A film co-produced by Outback Outdoors and Sagebrush Media. That is not at all what it is, but thanks for Sage trying. Sagebrush. <laughs> Sage, Sage Sage it's all in the intention. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's got a neat little logo. Um, so, Tanner, what did you think about this? was basically I threw you in the deep end, didn't I, on this film? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was kind of child's play for me, but... Uh... Well, you were there on the hunt. That makes a big difference. Yeah. What we're talking about is the new film called The One that's going to be featured on uh, the new Full Draw Film Tour schedule. And then it will find its way to Amazon Prime on our Outback Outdoors film series, which we use season one. And that's all our short films. Um, And that'll probably end of the year once Jade is done with all the tour. We'll we'll pop that up so people can watch it. But what do you think about – I kind of – I did. I purposely threw you in to that whole deal because I wanted you to tell a story. Even though you'd been there, you would tell a story very differently than I would. Eileen, mm-hmm. um, I think we got into this a little bit back and forth because Eileen sometimes heavier on music to draw an emotion to get people from point A to point B. Um, you have a lot of different variables you can use. And one of the ones that's very easy to, to, to manipulate. And I'm not, I don't mean manipulate emotions, but it's, you kind of are. You're kind yeah, of leading them in the direction. Yeah. Has he watched the Drawing moose? people towards certain Have emotions. Have you seen the moose film? Not the full thing. We were looking at the the introduction and stuff that you've spent so much time on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I just came in that. last night for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah, it would be good to get a, a, a blank canvas type of point of view because he has no he's never seen any of the footage and he hasn't uh hasn't really heard the story so it'd be good to get him to we uh, were starting to look at it last night so i could see the transitions how how you guys were doing the transitions Mm -hmm. and stuff and since i'm starting to get more into video editing and understanding the storytelling process and all that goes into that yeah yeah which ryan's got some interesting things going on but your back to you because i want to point out the difference because he he wants to make you talk in opinion you stood your ground yeah on the on the music thing on the ambient on staying very ambient heavy yeah versus coming in with music sooner i would have come in with music earlier yeah in order to build the uh the, the emotion. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily a wrong way to do it. It's just a, a different way. And, I mean, we still use the music, so 
yeah, there's still music. I, in I there. liked I liked the way the audio or the ambient just kind of carried that that first part. So, well, and you saw the first part, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, and I noticed when the music started to come in because we were talking about it. But the there's I mean there's lots of different things that you can use when you're creating the emotion and bringing somebody yeah. in. The music can definitely be one of those things, but the visual aspects that you that you utilize to bring somebody there. I, we were talking about how sometimes you can over utilize things as well when you're editing. And so I, I think it's good for you guys to have that blend. And at the end of it, if you can look at it and say that it built out the story, mm-hmm. a, a great story and really brought somebody into the environment and into the trip and into what you guys were going through, then it, then it gets you where you're trying to get people. Right. And I think that's the key. You don't ever want somebody to be removed from the story because of, a transition because of an editing color profile because of Mm -hmm. you know whatever little things you do to put the what we call the polish or the final mastering of a a video you don't want to overmaster yeah because then you can literally bring people out because it's so Mm -hmm. you know it becomes a music video because there's too much music or or there's not enough and it's dead and it's just dead air Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we love ambient or it's me- noise. Or, um, yeah. So, it, like in the corporate world that I play in a lot, you're the the most difficult thing is to get to simplicity. Like it's harder to get to something that's simple and tells a, a pure story than it is to just pop a bunch of of, of show in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's harder to tell a good story than it is to throw a bunch of animations and effects, um, because you know then it takes away from the you know, the, the purity of the story. And what you do is so different than what I do. Editing's editing. You're taking a piece of video and you're making it into an end product. But your end product, I guess, would probably be the better verbiage to use. Your end product is so different. Mine's purely entertainment. You do instructional. Mm. You do training. Mm. You do some promotional stuff, but the promotional stuff is to promote the instructional and the training. Why don't you explain mm. kind of where, where, where your niche is? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, I work in the corporate world and am uh, in human resources and have found a, a niche and a strength in teaching people how to advance their career forward and how to essentially get work, get jobs. And so I started a company, um, CDF Cafe, to uh, help individuals figure out how to network and connect with hiring managers and get to a place where they can tell their story effectively. And so um, for me, I do a lot of listening and helping people discover where their strengths are and get better about speaking to those things and and then just purely how to help help them get themselves in front of the right people to be able to tell that story. Tanner needs this. Yeah, maybe, I need maybe. I need a new job for sure. <laughs> well, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to the right brother literally to uh, be able to help you with that. I think that the challenge you have in some regards is it's like with us, if we do video footage of a hunt, the end product can only be as good as the raw material. So if somebody comes to you, mm-hmm. and this oh, is yeah. just my point of view, somebody comes to you and they're lazy yeah. and they're unmotivated and they don't aren't mm-hmm. willing to take input, doesn't that affect you being able to direct them in the way to make yeah. them be successful? You can't change their character. Yeah, I mean, so I guess you could suggest. I'd say though, if somebody's coming to you, they're probably 
they're already making that step, right? So no. how much? Okay. <laughs> no, sometimes people come to you because they want an easy, an easy answer, an easy, easy way out. No. You're the easy button. Yeah, it can't, can't. Well, they think I, I am. I'm definitely not. Um, when, when people want to learn how to move themselves forward, they're going to have to do the work. So for, for me, one of the things that I like about working for myself, because I work in the corporate world and work for myself, in the corporate world, I get to do whatever I want. And that includes working with whomever I want. <laughs> so for me, if an individual is not going to be able to, to be willing to do more work and care mm -hmm. more than me, then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going to move on to the next one. And part of that is because, you know, you just want to invest where you're going to get high return. And, um, right. There's limited uh, hours. People, ha people have to want it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you do with somebody who comes to you? Um, and regardless of, of their self-motivation or their, the fact that they have it together or not, mm -hmm. what's the first step you do in helping them direct them in the path they need to go? Yeah, li listen, figure out if they you know, actually have a clue how they're going to approach their, their mountain that they're getting ready to climb. Um, and, and sometimes people don't. People don't really have a clue about how the world works in terms of getting jobs and getting hired and getting noticed and getting in front of people. So there's a, you know, sometimes it's an education process. Um, sometimes it's um, a hard truths process. And, uh, but listening and, and figuring out where the right entry point is. So it's a constant process of reading people and figuring out where your knowledge can, can back up to their spot that they're at in the continuum. So are some people not even sure where, the, which, like, some people don't know what they want to grow, what they want to do when they grow up right. and they're, and they're, they're, you know, they're ha back. halfway through the, you know, they're at the 50 year point where you're about to be. Hey, to, I, tomorrow. I'm, I'm you got 50, another, you got I'm another 50 day. years of greatness of, uh, but I, I, people tell me this all the time. They can't, they don't, they say, I, I look like I'm 30 and I act like I'm 20. So I'm okay with or that. Or 12. All right. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have some support, some supporters of that statement in the room. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. we only have a few more years of you. So <laughs> <laughs> my body is falling apart. I gotta start being smarter. Um, well, where do you see this going, Rye? Do you think that it's um, something? This is a particular an online. Mm. You're making contacts online. Will you ever do stuff in person? I mean, will you ever sit down, go you know, to visit somebody? No, no, not unless I was going to charge them like 30 grand. Right. Um, no, it's, I think that, I mean, we, we grew up in a, we grew up in a church. I mean, we're, pre we're preacher's kids. Um, and with dad, you know, dad, for me in my area of excellence, I mean, he'll, he'll bring me people and say, hey, can you help this guy get a job? And I, I could never invest in that person the way that my heart wanted to mm -hmm. and the way that my capability would allow me to, mm -hmm. because you can't spend, you know, 10, 15 hours with every, every right. Tom, Tom, Jack and Harry. And so, um, for, for me, creating a scalable course was the, was the product of wanting to be able to serve that person. And honestly being wanting to be able to serve dad to help when there were individuals that he would identify that just needed, needed a leg up. And so it, it gives me that up, you know, that ability to, to provide something out to somebody. And at a, I mean, it's, it's hard to create it all, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's at a very low cost to you to be able to take something that you're excellent in and offer it out there. If you can find that and you can do that and you can make it available to people, then man, that's a, that's a good place to be in your life. And, 
it would encourage other people to to search themselves to figure out what that is for them do you classify yourself or or maybe you can explain the yes, difference. Yes, I classify myself as taller than you. That yeah, is correct. Well, I do. I do. So does every, about seventy yeah. percent of the yeah. population. Yeah. Um, do you classify yourself as a headhunter, or or are you? No. Explain a, to I'm me a career, what I'm a career strategist. Okay, and what's the difference between a career strategist and a headhunter? Yeah, a headhunter goes out and looks for people, and directly connects them to a specific job. Okay. I don't do that. I go out to the broad marketplace of job seekers and try to find out through through putting out content and maybe a podcast and maybe a youtube video maybe a, a promo or something like that and trying to um notify people that there's something out there that could help them network and connect with people and if they relate to that message and they relate to me and they like me and they want to spend a little bit of time with me um, then they they hop into a digital course to be able to you know gain that knowledge um, but it, for, for me, it's a, I like the word career strategist because you're looking at uh, just helping somebody be able to approach their job search in a way that gets them to the end result of getting an amazing job. And, and that is a strategy and that is a process. And yeah, mm. it's, yeah. So some people will ask me like, so, so you're going to, like, you, you got a great network and you're going to connect me with people? No, mm -mm. Right. I'm going to do something way better than that. I'm going to teach you how to do it. And give you the you know the tested templates and all that stuff to be able to do it but it's like you know give a man a fish or teach a man to fish mm -hmm. um so yeah that's what i'm doing so you're teaching guys to fish yes gotcha yeah i mean uh, and gals and that's why you're here well not you're here because of my birthday because we're having a big bash tonight, but but you're you're picking up a new laptop a new mac mm -hmm. and we were going over some stuff on video editing because mm -hmm. um Although, like I said, we video edit in a more of an entertainment uh, hunting aspect. Editing is editing, mm -hmm. and understanding, as you said before, telling a story without pulling someone out of the storyline. Yeah, because yeah. you make Connecting a mistake without disconnecting. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of what brings you to the house today. I need some equipment. Right. Yep. 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 And Tanner, you are just fixing the gopro uh in shed hunting I, I went pro oh you already went pro i've been done there oh, so fancy dog. Did, did you uh <laughs> did you get a good signing thing. bonus yeah no <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start turkey hunting with the kids we've got that coming down the pipe we've been editing i forgot it was turkey season i, yeah, I know got so sidetracked with sheds i'm yeah. sorry yeah he's been in in uh, utah getting my butt kicked yeah. <laughs> well you know you got those all those top-notch shed hunters that are utah utah is nuts those people they're they're, they're hard more hardcore than the colorado people uh, no no they're not more hardcore than me but like uh, <laughs> I'm gonna throw some shade. They're like going out there in January, February. I'm walking over boot tracks on winter range that are weeks old, hmm. and it is insane. Like, if I, I would never wish a not to go on a shed tangent for everybody. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> getting a little worked up here. <laughs> but I would never wish a, a May opener like Colorado has. But if they had a March. Like a March fifteenth opener, like Gunnison Basin and Forty Four Eagle Eagle County used to do, they would be so much better off because they are in the middle of those deer when, when eighty percent of the deer still have their antlers, pushing them everywhere, and if you just sit there and let all the deer shed and then move off and you're not pressuring deer, you're gonna walk in there and all those sheds are gonna be just 
laying everywhere. I've seen it in Colorado every year, and it is insane in Utah. I mean, I'm literally finding boot tracks like last weekend, and it's that was March, like the first weekend of March, and we're there's boot tracks from January, February in there. It's insane. Wow. I have no interest to do that at all. It's if so fun. The though. only way I would find a shed is if I tripped over it because I just have no desire. I mean, and mm-hmm. I understand. My cousin Carr, um, we would be out and about, and he would stop, and he would he had that sense to be able to pick out broad uh, like uh, arrow points and mm-hmm. and you know old Indian artifacts mm-hmm. and. He'd find one, and then the next thing you know, all he cared about was scouring the area. And I kind of yeah. associate that with shed hunting because you're doing the same thing. You're just literally covering a lot of country, and maybe with shed hunting, you're glassing more. But mm-hmm. with arrowheads, you're you're walking around, your head is down, and you're literally walking around just looking for any little glimpse of of a. Uh, of a point or a chip or anything that get, makes you dig more, he uh, he was good at that, and he loved he liked picking up. He sheds got that too. from Grandma and Grandpa. We and I, think, I remember at the know, house they used to have just tons of tons of framed mm-hmm. out ones and mm-hmm. ones that even weren't in frames. They used to and do that it, all the time. What used to tick me off is we had this one pond in outside Tiercy in the cabin when when uh, I don't did you ever go to the cabin yeah. Perry's cabin? Yeah, I would have been real young, but yeah, a couple times. Well, there was this pond in the back, and there was a lot of rattlesnakes there, so you had to be real careful. But you would. We'd go back there and we'd take 22s and we'd um, we'd sneak around the pond and shoot frogs in the head and they'd float up and then we'd, we'd get them and then we'd cook up frog legs, love frog legs. And it was so much fun, number one, because you were kind of hunting and number two. Mm-hmm. But halfway it's, it's, there, it's hunting. Carr would get distracted and he'd oh, yeah. just want to look for arrowheads <laughs> and I'm like, dude, there's, go, there's frogs over there. He you was know? on a different mission than you. Yeah. Well, to me, shed hunting is like, it's a, it's a, especially like deer. I mean, which a lot of people know that I love deer, but it's, it's an animal behavior thing to me. Cause I can, you know, to be able to look at a, uh, like a mountain range and be able to spend a lot of time on Google earth and everything, figure out where, what areas hold big bucks and then be able to be able to predict where they're going to end up in the winter on the winter range mm-hmm. as opposed to summer and all that and then just to have that reward of finding a, a mm-hmm. big shed like that just to me is just all it's all part of the this same treasure hunt and understanding the animals and their behavior it's, and yeah, their and environment just, everything it, to me it just yeah. ties in right with yeah. summer scouting deer and hunting deer it just it's all the same to me and i just i i cannot get enough of it it's so fun to me well i think that it's good that there's people like you out there so that way i don't poke my foot exactly. on a shed i'm, I'm trying to keep the mountains <laughs> clean for you <laughs> <laughs> gotta have different types of people out there Trev. that's right that's right <laughs> um what do you got going on as far as uh, we we're, everybody's getting ready for draws? What what states are you applying for, Tanner? Uh, I applied for um, Arizona um, on long shots for desert sheep and elk, which I don't. I'm not. I'm young and I'm not in the. I just in the last few years have been able to 
spend enough money to start applying for some of these more expensive states so you need a better job yeah that's i know a guy yeah i'm gonna have to talk, <laughs> talk to this guy right here <laughs> but uh so i applied for sheep and elk you know just on i mean those are like lottery chances and then i applied for utah basically the same thing i just got a general deer point um this year could have drawn a few archery tags but i decided to um, focus on a couple other things um put in for new mexico coos deer um elk and barbary sheep so hopefully one of those will come through probably a lot more likely to draw a coos or a barbary tag than the elk but and then Wyoming, I think I'm going to draw a deer tag in Wyoming for region W by, so it's like between bags and Rollins. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to try to hunt that. Um, I'll draw it for sure if I apply for it. Um, try to maybe scout something out to be able to hunt the first couple of days of archery. I'm not sure yet, but. And then I'm thinking about dumping my elk points in Colorado. So that's. Yeah, that would be an exciting hunt because you've got enough to draw that uh, a, a prime unit. Yeah, one of, and, the, one of the best in the state, know, really. That'd be fun. Fine. We got another friend that should be able to draw it for archery. And it'd be fun to have two tags. You, if you drew that muzzleloader tag and, and then he drew archery. Yeah. It, you know, you, you're talking about being able to hunt and scout on into the muzzleloader season and then try and kill a big bull yeah yeah if i go into that i definitely want to shoot a big bull and it's like a 350 type bull in colorado is i mean the that the level of difficulty is not lost on me that's a very hard thing to do in colorado it's not the same as new mexico or arizona or some of these other nevada or whatever so to be able to do that's going to be a going to be a feat but i know they're in there and i've spent a lot of time in that unit and stuff so but yeah to, if if dustin can draw the archery tag that'd be a pretty fun pretty fun experience and like you said i'm looking to draw the muzzleloader um and i would love to shoot with a bow but i'm not a purist and i kind of like the thought of having that extra 100 to 200 yard capability when i'm trying to kill the biggest bull i can find so well, I, I think it's just a matter of I, – I put in for a lot of the same. I didn't put in for Arizona, but I put in for Ibex for rifle because I'm ready to shoot a big one in the face because <laughs> <laughs> yep. I just – that bow hunt's so tough, and I killed one, and I'm, I'm good with that. Um, second, um, elk in the Gila. Yeah. Again, the chances of me drawing that are slim, but I did draw that uh, that late season tag, and I did apply for that third choice. So maybe I, I, that was a good hunt. Yeah. I wasn't quite physically prepared for what we needed to do to get there, and I and that was my my bad this last year. Um, and then uh, I applied for all the kids. So all the kids applied for the youth ibex, which is nice because we're we stay with my little sister in mm -hmm. at the basically at the base of the floridas yeah so it would be an easy hunt and it starts two days after christmas so we're already down there so we could do that and then i applied for that uh, deer hunt on the on the border 27 oh, okay. yeah gotcha but mule deer did you mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. that'd be a fun hunt. That would be a fun hunt. Um, and then Colorado, uh, uh, mainly preference points. And I did apply for bighorn sheep. Um, fingers crossed on that. But you know, that's there's only one ram tag available in the unit that I want to go to because of the fires last year. They ended up holding one tag back, and they're giving that back to that guy that drew it last year because he couldn't get in there. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I mean we'll see we'll see what happens. I Wyoming, but uh, Utah mainly preference points stuff like that. So we'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you could or you could not. Did you apply the kids in New Mexico through Derek? No, you did not. I did not because there's their chances are so much higher anyway, especially since they're residents. That New Mexico does a phenomenal job with, I think, with youth mm. opportunity. Um, some of those tags, like Derek's little brother has drawn three Ibex tags. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like get them started early, get them on good hunts. And yeah, just and that's I mean, New good for the state for the interest for. Yeah, yeah, New Mexico's got a ton of really quality hunts too. Mm-hmm. Like Derek's little brother, he drew the three Ibex tags, and then he drew a Gila. I don't remember which unit that was, 16. That one was on the border of, that was like around the Arizona border, I think. But Was that 21 he drew? I don't know. Anyway, he drew a good one. Um, his dad drew the, I think, 16A yeah. a few years ago and killed a 380. I mean, just a, just a toad. Yeah, 390, probably. that bull, actually. Oh, 390, yeah. yeah. 393 or something. But, yeah, the youth opportunity is really cool. And you can hunt when you're young there. Yeah. Hunt big game. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Okay. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think uh, I'm I'm really excited about the upcoming kids hunt, turkey hunt. I love it. It's like my favorite yeah. every year because getting the boys up, my nephews up from New Mexico, and then having Avery come over this year, the landowner, we're going to hunt with him, his son. Um, and where else do you get to see a little kid blown backwards by a shotgun? Oh, exactly. Oh, friggin'. <laughs> is this the second year or the third year that they're doing that? This is the, with second, the, boys. the second year in Colorado. This will be our fifth year with the, with the boys. Okay, golly. Yeah. Did you see the video? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, oh, so funny. It's uh, uh, Sam last year, mm-hmm. just for the people listening that haven't seen the show. Um, Avery, the first, the second day, um shot a you know bird hit it just right boom dead bird with a bow right bow yeah charlie who's shooting one of my older bows although it's you know only two years old it's Mm. plenty good he's shooting 55 pounds but um he missed Mm -hmm. sam missed with his bow like and this is all on the second day by the second day right Jack hits a bird, actually, right where he needs to, but he just happened to hit the oh, wing yeah, bone, the bone, and he's not pulling enough weight. He mm-hmm. didn't get it past, so the bird just ran off. Mm-hmm. So luckily, you know, we're, we're hunting with a bow, but it is shotgun season. And so when Sam missed his bird, he was trying to shoot a Jake, but there was a Tom there, and I told – and I had – I had slide him the gun. Jack. No, no, he already had the gun. Oh, okay. I'm like, dude, you're shooting back up. Okay. If yeah, he misses, yeah, yeah. so he missed that bird, which was closer. Nice, because you know you just can't shoot as far. Mm-hmm. And that other bird was about 35, 40 yards out there, and Jack just 
shot it. I said, shoot it in the head. And he did. <laughs> so then Jack, so, so Avery and Jack killed that morning. And then that afternoon, Charlie gets another opportunity at uh, with his bow mm-hmm. and misses. And then the birds get to the side and he can't get a sh- another shot with the bow. So he gets the shotgun and just mm-hmm. lays him out. So now you got Avery, Jack, and Charlie all killing birds. And yeah. here the middle child, Sam, going, yeah. ugh. And um, then we didn't get an opportunity. The next day, we're in the blind. Nothing comes within range. And he's, he doesn't care whether he shoots it with a bazooka, hits it with the truck. <laughs> you know, he point. doesn't care, right? Yeah. And uh, and he was a we, – we did put a snock. A, a snock. We snocked, we snocked <laughs> up on him. We stocked up on him. And put a good snock on that <laughs> Tanner was actually with him. I was on the far ridge with the long lens mm. kind of video on the, the, the whole thing. And then Garrett was behind um, Sam – as they belly crawled, and they had that, they had a Montana decoy. It's it's the Wiley Tom, so it looks like a Tom. So he, you know, he's acting like the Tom is, um, you know, getting close. Anyway, they didn't happen. And then that afternoon, we're sitting in the blind, and here comes three birds, and he shoots, and the gun knocks him out of the chair over backwards. Oh, but man. he poleaxed the bird, so yeah. it worked out good. You got to yeah. get on that conference call. Yeah, I'm gonna kick off. Okay. I All think right. the the moral of the story to leave you with. Mm-hmm. I love it when a good snock pays off. <laughs> I love it when a good <laughs> snock. The, that's the when key. a good uh, snock comes together. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. It's good to talk to you. Thanks go, for having me. Too. You uh, you can go take care of your business. All right. Go save the world's problems. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So that's good. you're good. So anyway, it, we've got some good hunts coming up. Yeah, yeah. Tonight we got Jimmy Herman and Chris Hennessy coming in from Nashville. They're going to be playing at my birthday party. You're pretty much a big deal, I guess. Well, when you're 50 years old and, and you're still doing what I'm doing, yeah, it's it's kind of world renowned. Yeah, and you don't know how Whatever. many years you got left, so you got to go. That's right. You got to take you got to take advantage of everything. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. It's uh, it's fun. This is uh, we've got an exciting 21. Hopefully, things loosen up with this craziness of the world that we're living in. And uh, so, after really after turkey hunting, we've we go into summer and we're kind of making plans for the fall. So we'll figure out what we draw and and go from there. Yeah, looking forward to some draw results. I wouldn't be opposed to a. A desert sheep tag. Uh, yeah, right. Successful on that one. That would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that's what we're doing right now. Kind of a little filler podcast, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, we can keep doing it. Just these are more of not necessarily on hunts. We'll do a podcast with the kids when we take them turkey hunting, but um, we'll try and keep you, uh, you know, up to date of what we're doing right now because. There's people out there that love to film their hunts and love to build their brand and all that stuff, and hopefully we can give them some helpful hints and, and go from that. Yep, Joe's been really impressed me to do a in-depth shed hunting podcast. So yeah, yeah. He really yeah. Wants as to long as that's, as long that. as I don't have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> if you make a mistake in it, it's going to uh, be edited in there because I'm not going to listen uh, to that whole podcast. Oh, man. Well, anyway, for all you guys out there, stay safe. Stay warm and uh, good luck this spring turkey hunting, and we will see you down the trail. God bless.